What if you didn't need anything more to have the best games of your life? What if you didn't need another product, another tool, or another set of rules? What if everything you really need to have a cracking session, whether with your friends or online or even solo, was already within reach? Hey, it's Che, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Hello Rescuers, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our passion for tabletop roleplaying games. Today's episode is inspired by my recent reading of Jamie Smart's hugely interesting book, Clarity, the second edition of which has been published this year, 10 years after the first, and which I heard about through a recent interview with him on the Art of Being Brilliant podcast. I got the book for my birthday, spending a voucher to grab a copy of what sounded like a far too good to be true book. Quote, most people have a lot on their minds, but you're about to learn a simple understanding that will clear your mind automatically so you alone can focus, solve problems and succeed. End quote. Yeah, right, I thought. But it is a good read. And Smart's book got my thinking about my ongoing quest over most of my adult life to find the game I really want to play. And that's when I realised that a simple misunderstanding about the way human experience works was very likely at the root of my feeling lost and confused and disappointed almost every time I play. This is Season 12, Episode 14, Clarity. But first... Just wanted to say something to anyone who's using Anchor slash Spotify and whose podcast I listen to, uh, and there are loads, right? I haven't called in to many shows or any shows for a while now. And the reason is every time I try and call in to a Spotify podcast, I basically am forced to create an account. I try and create an account. It doesn't work. And so I just can't send in messages via Spotify slash Anchor. It's really frustrating and I suppose that um, I should just kind of record something and send it by email and blah 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 but the reality is that I just I just isn't going to happen it's too much of a barrier and of course that's got me thinking a little bit about messages into my show so absolutely totally grateful to those people who do click on I don't use Anchor Spotify anymore I moved away from that um, quite a while ago now and it's all SpeakPipe, but I understand and completely understand that it is a little bit weird to go into SpeakPipe and kind of make a recording. Although, you know, I don't think you really have to sign up for anything. What I will say is I totally get if that's too hard and you don't want to do that because, boy, the web seems to make this harder than it should be. So I just want to apologise to all the people who aren't getting messages from me, whose podcast I am listening to, and... um. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just like some of those things that I just wanted to make sure I mentioned in a a, a kind of upcoming episode. So there you go. I've said it. 
Thanks to everybody who calls me. Game on. There's a simple misunderstanding about the way life and human experience works that Smart's book has helped me to begin to correct. I'm very much at the beginning of realising the truth and value of this correction, but it is already having a positive effect upon my experience, not least around gaming. Quote, If a pond is clouded with mud, there's nothing you can do to make the water clear. But when you allow the mud to settle it will clear on its own, because clarity is the water's natural state. Clarity is your mind's natural state. End quote. The misunderstanding is what Smart calls the hidden hamster wheel. The best thing for me to do is to simply read from near the start of the book. Quote, The hidden hamster wheel is one of the most common barriers to clarity, It's based in a misunderstanding that's taken to be obviously true by most people. It's so subtle and pervasive that it shows up in everything, from children's books to leadership programmes, from movies to marketing campaigns. If you were to be presented with the evidence that one of the most widely held beliefs of modern society was, in fact, a misunderstanding about how life works, would you be able to listen with an open mind? The life-damaging misunderstanding that I call the hidden hamster wheel is the mistaken belief that our core states, such as security, confidence, peace, love, happiness and success, can be provided or threatened by past, present or future circumstances, by something visible. We have this belief because we've been conditioned to believe that there's somewhere to get to and that there is better than here. And there comes in a variety of tantalising flavours that look something like this. I'll be happy, secure, fulfilled, peaceful, better, successful, okay, when I find the right work, hobby, partner, community, the there of doing and relationships. Get the money, write the book, start the business, lose the weight, the there of accomplishment. Change my thinking, my limiting beliefs, do my affirmations, the there of mindset. Meditate properly, find the right practice, get enlightened, the there of spirituality. End quote. I'm not going to read the whole book out loud. I'm not sure that I'm even fully able to explain Smart's argument and evidence sufficiently well either. The wise thing to do is simply suggest that if you find yourself as challenged, even enraged, but also curious to know what he's on about, well, the book's called Clarity. I'll stick the link in the show notes. And no, I don't know Jamie Smart personally, and he's not sponsoring the show. I just read the book, and, well, it got me thinking. More accurately, my thoughts about my hobby began to settle, and some clarity emerged over the past week or so since I read the book. I've not had to do anything, change anything, or otherwise make any effort, but a simple realisation popped into my mind, and this episode, I'm simply going to give it some air. In other words, this is me working out some thinking out loud.
What if I already have everything I need to run the kinds of role-playing games that I enjoy? What if I was to simply sit down, start playing, and see what emerged? Would it be the experience that I wanted to have and share with others? Now, hear me out. I already know how to play role-playing games. All I need to do is imagine a starting location, a place in an imaginary world, a secondary world, as Tolkien would have said, and then take on the role of an imagined character within that world. The character needs some kind of desire, and the assumption is that the world will place obstacles in the path of that desire. We describe the opening scene, we add the first challenge that a character faces, and we ask the magic role-playing game question. What do you want to do? If the character's decision, as made by the player, might succeed or fail with interesting consequences, we might choose to play some kind of chance of failure into the mix. Traditionally, we might choose to roll some dice to see which way the character's efforts go. Perhaps we choose to test some quality or ability of that character to prove to ourselves that they can overcome this obstacle in the way the player asserts. And we resolve that question. Then we describe the new imagined situation. And we repeat. I already own the materials I need to play this game. I have imagination. That imagination can provide the world and the character, plus the character's desires and motivations. It can also provide the challenge to the character's desires. I already own several role-playing game rule sets that I could easily use to adjudicate the questions that arise from the challenges that we set the characters in the game. I already own dice with which to generate the random element. I also own a computer with online access to electronic dice number generators and a phone that has a dice app. So I mean, dice are not a problem. Now, if I'm playing solo... I already own a raft of solo oracles and tools that I can pull out to help generate suggestions for new challenges, questions, ideas and answers to the questions I might ask a GM. My favourite all-in-one tool is the Mythic GM emulator deck. And that's before I even think about involving my friends. If we form a gaming group of one or more players then our combined imaginations, experience and personalities will come together with the aim of spending a few hours playing imaginary characters in an imaginary world with whichever rules the GM is most comfortable running with. Do I really need anything else? I certainly don't need more imagination. I already have buckets of that because it's natural and innate to human beings. I don't need any more imaginary worlds, characters, desires or motivations because honestly I have plenty of those to access from my memory and experience of myths, stories, dreams, novels, TV series and role-playing games I've played already in the past. Do I need another set of rules? Not really. While people do keep publishing games and promising that When you get this set of rules, then you'll be able to have a really good game. I start to wonder if they're misunderstanding the way that life works. And all I really need is to describe the character I want to play to the level of detail and clarity with which I feel comfortable. 
I might want a way to generate probabilities or otherwise adjudicate how a character's efforts versus any given challenge can be resolved. And I can dial that methodology in any number of ways, focusing more on mechanistic resolution at one extreme or focusing more on descriptive resolution based on the expectations of the story or even focusing on what would seem most likely in a realistic world where the assumptions our imagined place has been given. And then I just need to be willing to listen to my friends, to myself, to the flow of ideas and conversation around the table. Perhaps we will choose to give all of that some more structure because there are some pretty good tried and tested game structures out there for the wise GM to deploy, but those are all already in reach. I've been playing for 40 or more years, so I really don't need to do anything more except to use them. So what more do I really need to have a great game? I feel like, in truth, I could do with sitting down quietly at the gaming table and just waiting to see what emerges once we simply begin to play. In his book Play, Stuart Brown asserts that the reason we are doing an activity defines whether or not it's play. His example, some runners run to get fit, but others run because they enjoy being in the outside, smelling the trees and feeling the miles roll under their feet. While he's reluctant to define play too closely, he acknowledges that play is generally something that has no immediately apparent purpose. In other words, we play because it's enjoyable and for its own sake. Quote, I have found that remembering what play is all about and making it part of our daily lives are probably the most important factors in being a fulfilled human being. The ability to play is critical not only to being happy, but also to sustaining social relationships and being a creative, innovative person. End quote. Play is an amorphous thing. As an expert on play, Brown is hesitant to define it because defining it always seems to somehow miss the point. But under pressure from what he describes as the engineer types, he lists several qualities that define play. Quote, properties of play. Apparently purposeless, done for its own sake. Voluntary. Inherent attraction, freedom from time, diminished consciousness of self, improvisational potential, continuation desire. End quote. Play is not productive in the usual sense of the word. We do it because we choose to, not because we have to. Play is in and of itself attractive and appealing, drawing us into wanting to take part. We experience a sense of timelessness while we play, sometimes referred to as flow. We lose much of our sense of self and self-consciousness about what we are doing. And play is to some degree improvised, not being entirely scripted. And play makes us want to play again. So with all of this in mind, and considering what I've been reading about in Clarity from Jamie Smart... It occurs to me that the best thing I could do the next time I have an opportunity to play is this. Grab some rules that you enjoy playing with. 
grab the dice or other tools you need to play that game, a pencil and an eraser for example. Sit down somewhere quiet and comfortable, such as the dining room table in my case, and imagine a place, a situation in which to begin to play and describe it. Imagine a character in that situation and place and describe them. Decide or generate the idea for the challenge that the character or the characters face. Then ask the magic question, what does the character want to do? And play. You could record the play in any way that makes sense to you. You could invite some friends to play with you. You could choose to play solo and alone. It doesn't matter, but the key point is that the clearest way to get yourself back to the table and playing role-playing games that you enjoy is simply to sit down at a table and begin playing the role-playing game you most fancy playing. If it's any good as an experience, you'll want to play a game. Maybe next time you'll continue the same game, but you know what? You don't have to continue that same game if you don't want to. It's your play, and you, with or without your friends, can play however you and your friends choose. Just like when you were a kid. You know how to play games. The key is to stop thinking about playing. Stop stirring up the mud in your mind. You don't need anything else to get started. It's not true that when you get the latest game, supplement, rule book, app, tool, random table, campaign book, map, reference card, NPC book, your game will suddenly be great. It's a lie that you need another VTT or technique or anything more than what you already have. We all have the imagination we need. It's innate and it's always available. And we all know how to play these games already. If you didn't, then I'd be surprised if you were listening to this podcast. The key is to stop thinking about playing. Stop stirring up the mud in your mind. You don't need anything else to get started. Quote, If a pond is clad with mud, there's nothing you can do to make the water clear. But when you allow the mud to settle, it will clear on its own. Because clarity is the water's natural state. End quote. Clarity is your mind's natural state. And play is just about the most innately human thing we can do. So why don't we just sit down and play? Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. As you know, I love to hear from you. So if you've got a question or comment, then please hop over to speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue where you can leave up to a 90-second message. It's free. That's speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash roleplayrescue. Or, of course, if you prefer, you can open up a voice memo app on your device, record what you want to say or ask, and email it directly to me via hello at rpgrescue.com but as I mentioned at the top of the show I fully recognise that that might be a bit of a faff so 
just one call in this week. It's that familiar voice. You guessed it. Here's Jason. Hey, Jay. Jason here. Just finished episode 211. Great hearing Simon on again. Great discussion of NPCs. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to your future episodes. Take care. Massive thanks to Jason for the call-in, albeit short and sweet and, well, very much to the point. Thanks also to the Roleplay Rescue Torchbearers, Shieldbearers and Swordbearers, the patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thanks to John from Tale of the Manticore for the show music. And a big thanks to you for listening. I hope you got something from the episode. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again next time. Game on.